Blog Talk Radio. I'm the recruiting animal, and I'm back again. It's March 22nd, 2017. And I want to tell you that I read another article. I read them every day. But I read one about being a good conversationalist. I'm particularly interested in that topic, and every once in a while I'll see an article about it. This one had the usual advice. It said, ask a lot of questions. Ask a lot of questions. That's all you have to do. But I've got news for you. A monkey! could ask a lot of questions, and that's not going to make you a good conversationalist. Now, I usually say that to be a good conversationalist, you have to know something. So you have something to talk about, and you have to be able to talk about it in an interesting way. But I'm going to say now that that's wrong. It's not the full story. To be a good conversationalist, Listen to this. You have to be able to pick a topic out of thin air, out of nothing, and then talk about it in an interesting way. I myself am not a good conversationalist. If you want to talk to me about something that I'm interested in, I will have a lot to say, and you're going to have to work to stop me from interrupting you. But if we run out of topics that I can contribute to, I just sit there like a dummy, a dummy! And it's embarrassing. And, you know, it has to do, uh, it's very relevant, I'm going to say, to other situations. People are always talking about building rapport on cold calls, right? Well, I'm no good at that because I'm thinking, how do I know the other person wants to know what I'm interested in? I know somebody who never stops talking. She's always pulling up stuff to talk about and it's mostly total nonsense and you know what you can only take it for so long before you start climbing the walls and you want to get out of there that's not a good conversationalist but final point this urge to communicate about anything at all just anything is an essential trait of a good conversationalist. So I think conversation isn't just a skill. Some dope who writes an article can't just say, go out and ask a bunch of questions. It's a talent you're born with. Yeah. And what if you don't have it? (laughs) And you have to call strangers and you want to make them like you. Well, you're out of luck. And if you disagree with me, call in right now to Jerry. Jerry! This is the Recruiting Animal Show! I directed it was one of your greatest. Why? Why did you do that long, drawn out? Do I do it again? Lost it. You have no sense of what's right and wrong. No. Anymore. I was trying something new. I was trying a new technique. 
And you know, pretty soon people are going to be begging me to play the tape. Okay. Then I better copyright it, shouldn't I? Okay. Shouldn't I? Yeah, okay. Look, everybody, while I'm saying, oh, Jerry's catching his breath, I want to say hi and thank you to my sponsors, PC Recruiter and Hire Tool. You'll be hearing a bit more about them in a, a few minutes. Uh, Jerry's going to be. And I'm a sponsor. Yeah, yeah sure. You want to go ahead, plug your group. Go ahead, plug whatever no, you want. No, I just want to plug myself. Okay, go ahead. I'm an IT yeah, recruiter, but, one of the best in the country. Yeah, what else? That's it. That's all I need to be. Well, let me ask you something. If someone came to you and said, I want you to speak in London or Paris about recruiting, would you accept that offer? Uh, if they paid for my time. I don't do the free stuff anymore. Okay, okay, good. So let's move on. We want to get some free information from a guy called at Mike, R-A-D-P, at Mike, R-A-D-P. His full name is Mike right. Rasmussen. And I found out that that's the ninth most popular name in Denmark. What do you know? But he doesn't live there. He lives in the United States. Okay, Mike Rasmussen, are you here? I'm here. How are you? I'm fine, thanks. It was a, a long time. We we arranged. Is he calling from Denmark? Time. I mean, that's no, no. That's I'm actually calling from California today. But you live in. Utah, I'm, I'm actually right? traveling, so um, well, you going to see some family. Congratulations, cool. we can hear you. Okay. Good. Mike, you hear me good? Yeah, very good. Very strong. Mike, Excellent. I'm clear. Excellent. Excellent. Yeah. First good. problem okay. out of the way. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So your title, I don't know what it means, and I want you to explain it. Senior Talent Acquisition <laughs> Business Partner. What does that mean? Oh, one of those. It's one of those nice um, glorified titles these days. I know you're... Like, what is a talent acquisition business partner, right? I mean, come on. Yeah. But, no, it's, seriously, it's actually a recruiter, you know. So okay. I do talent acquisition. I do screening. I do recruiting. I do it all. Well, you know what, though? You work for a corporation, and yet on LinkedIn you call yourself a full life cycle recruiter. I thought a full life cycle recruiter is someone who picks up the order and then takes it through to completion. You don't pick up orders. <laughs> Actually, I, you know what's really fun about my job is, you know, you, you do the intake, right? You have to have a good rapport with your manager and understand the foundation of um, what they're looking for. And that, that you were, you were actually ta- in your opening monologue there, you were talking really good about it. You're talking about being a good conversationalist. Well, you have to ask good questions for, you know, to get all the details of what your hiring manager is looking for. And that includes soft skills, hard skills, everything, right? So when they're, when, you know, that's, that's the first stage. You have to get a good intake session. If you don't have that, you're not going to get very far. Yeah, you know what? You got to do a little. You sound good, but you have to do a little better than telling us, you know, boring truisms like that. Okay, I'll, I'll dig in there though, a little. <laughs> you you said you have to ask about soft skills. Aren't they the same for every job? What soft skills change from job to job? So you know, I think well, it depends on the role. For instance. Uh, I'll give you an example. So a lot of my roles are client-facing, uh, and they have to be good with working with clients face-to-face, you know, face well, not really face-to-face, phone-to-phone. Phone phone. And, you know, it, our, a lot of our businesses are corporate uh, entities that are using our payroll you, and Mike. HR. You're having some so. trouble. You're having trouble. Let me help you. So not every job requires someone who's a good conversationalist. Is that what you're saying, yes or no? That's true. Yeah, absolutely. Not so everyone does, manager, but 
It's different. I mean, think of it this way. Think of it this way, Michael. If if you um, or should I call you recruiting animal? That's appropriate, right? Anyway, yes. I, I think I think you have to have both. Um, you know, if you, say you're on a business analyst job, right? You know, you're gonna you're gonna have different skills there. So you have to be able to analyze and pull in data and understand how it works. Uh, and then you have to have the ability to communicate for certain projects with your team. So you have to give good interpersonal skills. Now they may be different. You may be working in a different way with you know your internal clients versus your external ones. Okay, wait, wait, um, wait, 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 wait. So Mike, that kind of thing. You got to realize something, Mike. You're not talking to the mirror here. We've got an audience. You have to get to the point, okay? Now, look. You, you got said, it. But, but we'll finish off with this. This is your learning question. Don't do it again. Now, so you've got your business analyst who's got to have good face-to-face skills. Give me a job where you don't need good face-to-face skills. Good community. Have you ever had a hiring manager who said, Mike, I don't driver. care if this person – let me finish. Four so what? What? Well, the funny driver, he has to get around the boxes and everything, and and maybe he has a coworker that's kind of his way. Come on, man, move out of the way, right? Yeah. So yeah, you might have to be able to have good communication skills in that job to some degree. Yeah. Hold on. Is there any job that you're working on that doesn't require where the guy just doesn't say the hiring manager doesn't just say I need somebody with good communication skills? It doesn't mean anything to me. Unless you get on the phone with somebody and you say, I like talking with this guy. No, this guy's got a sort of a crappy but it does. Idea. It does fill up almost one whole line on your job order form. You know what I mean? <laughs> so you can write it in there. And I hate the word intake. <laughs> Come on, people. We're not. We're so, not I mean, they really have to be. I mean, when it comes to communication, you know, with the jobs that I'm recruiting for, most of mine are client facing. So they have to be able to. Uh, you know, be able to speak to the clients and find out exactly what their need is. So that requires asking good questions. So that that right there is okay, you need okay, to be okay, able okay, to okay, drill okay, down okay, and whatnot. Okay, okay, okay. Mike, Mike, you're a good Animal. talker. But it, yeah, Alan, Alan, just let me finish off and I'll give it. I'll give the floor to you. Okay. It, it, you, what questions do you ask to see if the person has those skills that you just talked about? Don't well, you ask questions tangent. like this. Here's, here's one I love to ask. It's how do you interact with your colleagues and your coworkers uh, on certain projects if they, if they have to do that? But the other thing I will ask them is how do you find out exactly what it is that the client's needs are? What, what is it that they need? How do, answers, you, how do you find that out? Do, what kind of answers do you get to that question? Good answers and bad answers. Give us examples of both if you can. So the the best answers might be, well, I just you know I I'm an order taker. You know they if they're just an order taker and they're just taking orders without really being consultative. I think what that means is you have to get to the heart of what the client's need is, and that's you know you when when they're giving me strong examples of how they resolved an issue with the client. We have a special technique that we we use uh, in our interviews it's called the the star method and it stands for situation task or time actions results please so what stop, happens please is stop <laughs> okay go ahead please alan stop. take the floor alan 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 <laughs> jesus christ please i beg you i beg of you 
please stop doing this corporate-esque, corporate bureaucratic bullshit with the star method and the behavioral interviewing and the business partner that implies you're nothing but a go-between liaison. Please stop it and give us something. Okay, well, I mean, just well, let me, let me, let me, let me, no, no, just, just let me do it this way. Let me make one suggestion. Sure, please, go ahead. An, please answer any of Animal's questions as if you were not working at ADP and that you were a consultant telling the ADP people how to do better. Try good, that. Good question. I mean, good way of putting it, Alan. And hi. Kathy! Hello. Hi. Go ahead, Kathy. You got a question for Mike Rasmussen? Okay, now no, Mike's got I, a freaking problem that after that. You guys I have to let go of the acronyms and start giving us some information. The question, how Alan put it, I thought was great. Okay, okay. let me move on. Well, okay. Do you want me to Mike give Rasm- you kind of a role play? You want me to kind of give you what I do? No. So, yeah, no. I like role play. Yes. Okay. 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 Go ahead. Role play with Mike. Go ahead. Role play. Do it. Come on. Okay. Let's go. So, you know, if I was picking up the phone, I was calling you, I would. Here, I'll give you an example. We have this role called an implementation project manager. Okay. And basically, what these people have to do, just to give you some background, they have to be able to uh, talk to the client and figure out what the client's needs are after the client's gone through a sale. So they're getting set up on our product. So we ask them questions like these. How do you deal with a difficult client or customer who has a deadline that needs to be you know, taken care of? How do you manage the expectation of your client? I, I proactively communicate to realign this, the mission statement so that they can successfully implement and understand the vision and goals of what they want. Okay, now in the real world, I'd say... I sit down and set up a regular meeting with them, whether it's every other day, every day, every week, and we go through and make sure that what we're putting in there, if we're putting in payroll or if we're putting in HRIS, that, we, that we've, got, we've got the project laid out, we've got the technical specs done, and we've got the people that are involved in the, hey, in the project. Hey, is this going anywhere? Hey, hey, yeah. hey. Well, that's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. What do you think, what me, do you think this boring answer let's, is about? Let me dump this question. Let me move on, please, everybody. Mm-hmm. What about... Mike, since we're talking about these intake sessions, what about what Amy, Amy, our friend Miller, calls the helicopter hiring manager? I call it the itchy hiring manager. Person gives you a, um, uh, an order or, uh, or yeah. a, a job description, and then, you know, the next day you walk into your office, he's sitting in your desk. Now, that can't happen with you because you don't work on site, but he's calling you or she's calling you every day. How do you put that person in their place? Ooh, good question. Well, what you got to do is have good follow-up. So, in other words, you give them a status of, you know, how many candidates you have in queue, what's, you know, what you're working on. You give them a status of, you know, how many candidates meet their criteria and when you're going to have interviews on their, on their, on their docket. And then yeah, you make it's, sure it's, that you stick to The issue here that. is you want them to back off. They're not giving you time to do the job properly. What do you say to yeah. them? Well, you tell them, hey, you know, I need time to, to get some candidates for you. I need time to – you give them a realistic expectation. Say, hey, I need to give – I need at least a couple days here, and I'm going to follow up with you by this date, and does that work for you? Okay, so have you ever had to do you that in, in real life? Right? Have you ever had to, Have you ever had to do that in real life? Yes, I have. Oh, my goodness. I had a manager who was, you know, following up with me daily – and I told them, look, I've got to get to you in order to make calls. I have to be on the phone. I have to be talking to candidates. So, you know, that, that, give me a couple of days here. I'll find you some candidates, and 
uh, let's realign on this date. Does that work for you? And usually that works. You know, if you give them a deadline, you say, hey, I'm going to do it by this date and you stick to it. And you, yeah, I think the big thing is you have to be one that sticks to your word, you know, stick to your word, stick to your guns and tell them what, you know, when you're going to do it by and then stick okay, to but that. You don't know that you're going to have somebody in two days. That's exactly. not much time. Animal. I was mm-hmm. going to follow up on mm-hmm. that. I was going to follow, you know, you don't make a promise that I'll have a couple of candidates for you in two days. In two days, you may have zero. So what I would typically do would tell, make a time to meet and explain to them why I have zero. It could be that the salary is too low or relocation isn't being offered. So at least you communicate once a week and give them, you know, all of that information. Are you saying that you don't have a reasonable idea well, of whether you can deliver I mean, within a few days? You should. It, it depends. You have to have, you know, if you if you have a manager who's anxious. You say, hey, I'm gonna, my goal is to get you this X amount of candidates by this date. And if I can't do it by that date, we realign, we have a recalibration. We say, look, this is where I'm at. This is what's going on. But okay. if, I, if, I, if I make a promise, I'm going to do everything in my power to stick well, to hold it. On. Well, hold on, Mike. Well, can I, before, before we leave I this, I just, I, okay. but let Go me ahead. just add in. So Jerry, Jerry said, uh, Jerry implied that you should always be able to tell the hiring manager how long it's going to take to fill her position. That's not realistic. No, 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 what, stop. I didn't say that. I didn't say how long it will take to fill the position. You should know how many candidates you can have by, say, Friday afternoon. I mean, I've been doing this 30 years. I I know what I'm going to get done between now and and my my target. I agree with you. You have to, if you. But, Hannibal, for you to to restate what I said. As a prediction of when the job would be filled is categorically incorrect. Yeah, but all I can tell you is what I'm going to do. I, 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 I can't no, tell you no, how long no, it's going to take you, you to do no, what you you're going to do. You were telling you were telling the hiring manager what results you're going to have. That's different from what exactly. you do, Jerry. No, yeah, that's different. My results what are what I'm going to do. You said I could tell a manager how long it's going to take for them to get a hire. I don't know what a CF it is in there once I get a few candidates on their desk. It's not, it's not, I can't predict that. You're, you're fool to say that they can is absurd. Okay. Yeah. Okay, Kathy, then Alan. You're an expert in your field, and you are so well connected geographically, and no. you know everyone. No, uh, no not necessarily. But I don't know how long it's going to take me to get three software developers. But hey, can I jump in here? Let me know. Out, so, people who are just starting out need to know how to properly communicate yeah. with their hiring managers or with their clients. Sure, but people just starting out shouldn't be giving a, a, a customer an assessment of how long it's going to take to do any of that. They should have an account True. manager doing that. True. Well, what's, what's the person just starting out even on the right. phone with anybody for other than a stack of resumes? Yeah. Got to so sometimes, you know, you have to be able to, you know, reassess and realign with the with the hiring manager. You have to, if you okay. know the market up front, like, for instance, when I go to that intake session, I know how many people are in that market. I know, okay, I've good. done my research ahead of time. Hold on, I've hold done on. some homework, and I come to the, the session knowing what's going on, so I set that expectation up front. So it's not like I'm going to go in there and say, oh, I've got a couple days until I get you some resumes. No, no, no. I've done my homework ahead of time. I know exactly how many people are in that marketplace. I know the geography. I know what's going on for that particular job. Mike, uh, I'm sorry. Okay, so so, um, 
Mike, here's the thing. Do you, do, you, do, you handle, do you handle all tech or do you handle everything across the board? I have a real-life situation for you. I do everything across the board depending on what the need is. Okay, okay, um, okay. Supporting true story. a particular business unit. There okay, you go. True, sto- true story. Okay, we did the intake. We talked to the hiring manager, an HR, an a- an HR rep, a slam dunk 30-day cycle time, do the formal intake, present the people. <clears throat> manager gives us feedback, does the phone interviews, doesn't like anybody. We scratch our heads. We go through this cycle twice. We say we're going to – we, we get on the conference call, talk to the manager. What's the problem? There's no problem. What are you looking for? Here's what I'm looking for. It's what we're recruiting for. We go through, and, and, the, and don't get me wrong, the TA man, VPs are telling us we're doing the right thing, and I'm saying there's something wrong here. Four weeks down the road, I finally just got the – okay, so I got the person on the phone, and they, the manager blurted out, why can't I just get somebody who's proactive – driven and communicative for the job, but is not proactive and communicative and driven to progress in their career. And why can't I just find somebody that can order the office supplies and get lunch? I'm like, you don't need What's an HR point? person. You need Are you making a what point would you, How would you approach that, Mike? How would you approach that? Okay, because you're okay, telling me everything we already know. No, i got to do an ad, okay? Okay, and go if ahead. nobody lets me do it, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, to mute everybody. And I don't care if I end up being the only person on the show. Okay. <laughs> You know, everybody, the other day I was talking to someone, and I asked him, I said, look, what's the difference between a turnip, a rutabaga, and a cabbage? Don't they all taste the same? And he said to me, he said, animal, they are similar, but they're different as well, just like the different types of recruiting software, okay? Or actually, first he said, like the different types of recruiting. You've got your executive headhunting. You've got your direct hire and you've got staffing, and they're all recruiting, but they're not quite the same. So I said, gee, if you do more than one kind of recruiting, do you have to go out and buy a bunch of different tools for every kind of recruiting you do? And he said no. And you know why? Because PC Recruiter is so versatile, it handles every kind of recruiting you can imagine. Staffing, headhunting, direct hire, no problem. That's why Martin Snyder, the boss over there at PC Recruiter, he calls it the Swiss Army knife of recruiting software. And that's why I said, if you're a recruiter, PC Recruiter loves you. Okay? So check them out at PCRecruiter.net. PCRecruiter.net. And may I add, finishing off, whoever is scraping their fork across their dishes for lunch while I'm doing my ad, don't do it for the other two, okay? Back to the show. I I, I don't like what we were talking about. I want to move on to cold calls. Uh, My guest today, Mike Rasmussen, loves the phone. He loves cold calls. So, first of all, you think the phone is a big differentiator. Am I right, Mike? That is correct. I think it is. Okay. So at what point does it become – so you, you don't send out emails before you recruit somebody. You just get on the phone to them. Am I right about no, that? No, not exactly. It depends. I mean, if I'm, if I'm calling on people who have applied, yeah, I'll cold call a few of them. But I do, I do a mix. So if I have – I try to email ahead of time so I can get them on the calendar where, where necessary, and that's one way I do it, but I also do cold calls as well. 
Okay, I mean, cold call, there's somebody you found online or some way, and uh, you've never talked to that person before, and you call them out of the blue. Hi, it's Mike Rasmussen. We haven't spoken. I'm a recruiter. Do you ever do that? Yes, I do. Okay, and so what, well, what's, what's your cold call like? Because you told me this is a specialty of yours, and you told me, in fact, you wrote a high-touch, high-customer service, white-glove approach to your candidate yep. interactions will make more of a difference today than at any other time in the history of recruiting. So what do you That's do? Right. What do you do when you're cold call, your absolutely cold call that you think makes it stand out? So if it depends on I have to do some information research up front, which is getting finding out about that candidate and what makes them tick, what is it that's you know, that seems to be of their interest. And so well, once on, I get them on give the, us an example. Hold how much time do you spend doing that research? This is a big issue. You know, it depends. You have to I mean if if they have a lot of information, say on a LinkedIn profile or a, you know, if I find them online on a resume or whatever it just depends on what information you're able to find it. If you have some good information, that's something in common with that person. You can start there. For instance, yeah. if I how, find a how, candidate, how, I graduated how from long, Mike, Mike, let me guide you. How long do you spend <laughs> looking for something in common to talk about? So, uh, there's a woman. Yeah, over at Yahoo. Boy, I might spend a half hour, 45 minutes doing that, depending on, Wow. How important that candidate is to the to my process and how much of a match they are. So wow. So yeah, I may spend a, a fair amount of time doing that because I want to make sure I have something good to talk about. Okay, and so you get on the phone to the person, what's the first thing you say? So first of all, I say I found your information and I'm looking at your profile for X job. Um, I, I noticed that you had this in common with me and I start talking about that part. What of it. is it? Give me an example. What is it? Flaming hot Cheetos? Uh, corn dogs? <laughs> so, oh, what is it? I'll, I'll give you an example from the other day. I, I graduated from the same university as another candidate and I said, Hey, I noticed you're an alumni of, of San Jose state university where I went to school and, uh, you know, I go Spartans and, um, I noticed that uh, you appear to be possibly on the market right now. You'd updated your resume the other day. Um, here's the role I'm looking to fill, and um, are you on the market right now? And, and usually that'll that'll strike up the let conversation. Me ask, well, let, me, start let me let me let me dwell on this a bit more. Uh, uh, so, what about these people that you spend 20 minutes studying before you call them? What what com- <laughs> what what comes out of that research that's worthwhile? So. For instance, so, you know, one thing that out? you find sometimes online is, you know, you may find information about what interests them. So, for instance, they might have an interest in hiking or they like to read books or whatever. I mean, they, they may have written a blog post, right? They may have written a blog post on some topic that interests them. So yeah. you, you go and you pull that information up and you say, look, I, I, um, I noticed this blog you wrote the other day on X topic and I found it very intriguing. I'm calling you about a role that I think I thought could be a possible fit based on your background and the information I found online. Here's where I found your information. Um, you may or may not be looking right now, but um, are you open to, to hearing more? And if, you know, if I get them live on the phone, um, that's, that's the dialogue I'm going to have. If I have a, if I have a voicemail, I'm just going to leave a quick voicemail and say, hi, my name is Mike Rasmussen from ADP. I found your information online. I was noticing a blog you wrote the other day and, would love to, to have a conversation about your career and what you're looking to do. 
that's how you go. You you talk about okay. what interests them. Blo- you find yeah, out what those blog posts are. They t- are the blog posts relevant to the job, or could it be about bear <laughs> hunting or something like that? <laughs> you know, most of the time you're going to find blogs that you know when you're looking for a professional um, person, they're probably going to have a blog that that's really about you know their professional life. Other times it might be something that's completely unrelated, but you you try to build off of whatever commonalities or whatever you found out to to strike up a conversation to show that person that you genuinely care. Um, and, and that's really what it's all about. I mean, you know, when you're talking about recruiting, you know, it's people's lives are at stake. People's uh, families are at stake. Their, their, their salaries and, and their career path, all of that matters to them. And, and you have to find what it is that's going to make a difference for them. It's got to be a win-win for them. For them to proceed in the what conversation. If, let with me you. give you a what if. Let me give you a what if. You see a blog post like I read today, and it's all about the different kinds of pizza slices that you can get in this person's city. And you know, uh, Pizza Pizza is bland. Uh, Pizzaville's not so bad. You didn't like it when you were a little kid, but they tweaked the sauce, and you think it's much better now, so you don't mind going in there. Would you talk to them about pizza? Maybe if it if it's something that they. Uh... That seems to strike up the conversation and get the, you know, uh-huh. break the ice, so to would speak. You, you, you have put, to break the ice. You, you have put, to get into a conversation with them. Like that, yeah, yeah. Would you put? You talk over me a lot. Would you put uh, <laughs> pizza? Would you put? Send them an email with the with the subject line, pizza slices. Uh, you know, I don't know if I would do that necessarily, but I would find something that would that I think would interest them and catch their attention. That would. Um, get them to, to open up the, the dialogue with me. Can you give us an example of the subject lines you use in your email then? So, you know, one that says, um, we are looking for, oh, goodness, I have to think about this for a minute. So when you, when you find out, I have to think of one specific example. So here's one. Uh, the other day I found a candidate who was interested in, in hiking. And, and he was into the outdoors. And I said, I'm, I'm into the outdoors and, and was noticing some of your information that, and, and had been reading a little bit about what we had in common. I have a role that could be of interest to you. So I put, we love the outdoors and think you would too. Um, I don't know, it may sound cheesy, but I actually got a response. <laughs> so the person reached out and said, um, yeah, you noticed that I, I love the outdoors. I appreciate you noticing that. Um, and I noticed that you were you were looking at me for a role. Um, I would love to talk. When can you speak? Okay. So one more it, question. It I may sound cheesy, but it was something that worked. No. Yeah, yeah, that's what I want to hear. It's a nice, clear answer. <laughs> what about for the voicemails? What's the return rate on the voicemails? So in a voicemail, you know, once I've done my research and my homework, I have to um, find the most common thing. So, for instance, I'll say, um, I noticed you were writing about something you were passionate about in marketing, and and it interested me about your background for this particular role that I'm looking to fill. I would love to have a conversation with you about um, positions that I have. Would you be interested in hearing more? I'm calling from ADP to, to speak with you about a, a project manager role. Would you be? How many how many wanting? how many voicemails would you leave? How many voice follow up voicemails? You know, I give it a couple days. So if if I don't hear back, then I'll, I'll try again, and I may um, I may say something like this. I left you a voicemail the other day just following out with you. I don't know if you're on the market right now, 
Um, you may not be. You may be happy where you are. But Do you leave that at a work at a work phone? I mean, I don't. I try to find their their personal phone number because you know, if I have you don't to, phone? you don't phone it, the I may office? leave it at the their work number if I can if that's the only number I have. But I'm going to be a little bit more sensitive in that situation. Why? Why? Who's listening to their voicemail besides them? Well, I mean, you have to be a little more creative. So, for instance, you know, if you're calling into a work uh, phone number, you know, they may be in a situation where they're, you know, who knows who could be listening. So you might have to be a little more creative and say, uh, I'm reaching out to you. I had um, left you an email the other day about um, something that I noticed that we had in common and would love to speak to you about about that when you have some time. So it's that kind of a thing. Or, for instance, here's another example of something that uh, that works really well. If I notice that someone went to a conference for a niche role that I'm trying to fill, uh-huh. I'll, I'll reach out to them and say, look, I noticed – this is my voicemail, the extent of it. I noticed you spoke at a conference on X topic and was very interested in your background. Um, I was very impressed with the topic material that you had covered. Would you be interested in, in hearing more about uh, a position that I have? And so – that's and you might leave that at their work their work phone if you have to. But um, I love uh, folks that are at conferences and professional associations. I think those are great resources to find great candidates. Okay, and it's actually uh, a good way to to break the ice. So okay, anybody got feedback about we talked about the subject lines, the voicemail, Kathy? I don't know what your complaint was, uh, Mike. Do you shy away from calling people at the office? Where are you getting all their their personal numbers? Well, you know, you you do some extra research, and if you dig hard enough, you know, you can find information online, <laughs> amazingly, through other resources. What tools so. are you using? What tools are you using? I use uh, whitepages.com on occasion. Uh-huh. I'll use yeah. – um, you'll Google their name, and sometimes you'll find an extra number that way. You use tools like not Profit usually, or Connectifier. Not usually, not usually – well, if you don't, don't have their if you don't have their phone number, you can certainly email them. Okay, okay, okay. Let me do another ad. Okay, hey everybody, Nintran, he's my sponsor from HireTool.com. The other day, he said to me, "Animal, you know, you're always complaining that you can't tell what someone does professionally when they apply for membership to your Facebook group, right?" Well, I've got good news for you. Now you can do that with Hire Tool. We just released this for SourceCon. You can look at a Facebook profile, and we'll tell you what the person does for a living. Now, I believe him. I haven't seen it yet myself. He showed me Jerry's page. I know what Jerry does already, so I can't say I've seen it, but that's what's coming down the turnpike. You know, HireTool is famous for being great at finding email addresses, but what it is for real is an all-round sourcing tool. And the other day, again, on my fabulous Facebook group, one recruiter said, I got on HireTool, and it is amazing. I'm cutting out LinkedIn Recruiter as soon as my contract is up. So somebody said to that guy, yeah, all I need now is a fifty nine ninety nine LinkedIn account and a higher tool subscription, and it ends up being way cheaper than LinkedIn Recruiter. 
So what I want you to do, everybody, is go to HireTool.com. H-I-R-E-T-U-A-L. H-I-R-E-T-U-A-L. Go get a demo from Nin Tran. I won't spell his name, but it's not easy. Go there and talk to him right now. Okay, does anybody want to talk to Mike? Five, four, three, two. No, before nobody would shut up. Now, Mike, nobody wants to talk to you. And we've got people. This is a straight show. There's lots of new people calling in constantly and people hanging up. I don't know what's going on. Hopefully I'm doing okay. I'm trying to do my best here. (laughs) Yeah, but you're talking over me. I'm the boss here, okay? Okay, sorry. Now, you, you've got a Dale Carnegie training. Has that helped you? And then be concise, okay? You know what? Actually, I love Dale Carnegie. Um, I found that, you know, the principles have been incredible in my life, and, and they've helped me a, a tremen- tremendous in, in a tremendous way. You know, one of the things about Dale Carnegie is, you know, try to find out what sincerely interests the other person. And I think that's really the heart of, of cold calling, you know, when, or reaching out to any candidate in general, you have to find out what sincerely interests them and try to build your approach to that. You can't, you know, you're going to have moments where recruiting gets frustrating, right? It, but at the end of the day, what really drives me is finding the right home for that candidate and making sure it's a good fit for the hiring manager. That is what drives me. And I can't tell you how, I mean, that's such an important thing. And finding out what really helps that candidate to be successful is is the heart yeah, of everything okay. we now do. Yeah, okay. Let me hold on. Let, let, hold on a second. Okay, so you've got all kinds of articles saying that you have to be nice to the candidates. You gotta, you know, give them, <laughs> like you said, white glove service. It's got a candidate experience is the biggest thing in the world to you. Make them feel good. Why are yeah. you saying that most recruiters don't do that? You know, there's a lot of people uh, out there saying now that. The, you know, the recruiters today are worse than they've ever been. Uh, the service they provide is, is the nastiest. That's it. it's, it's shoddy. It's no good. Are you one of those guys who think that recruiting, I'm going to quote, is plagued by a level of unprofessionalism that we've never seen before? Do you believe that? It depends on the person, and it depends on the situation. I, I'm not going to judge the entire industry across the board because I don't think it's fair, but it, it's, it comes down to each individual. They, I mean, honestly, if you're going to, to be in this business, you really need to do everything in your power to follow up with each candidate at each point in the yeah, process. Yeah, but that's not Whether what that's I'm from asking. The beginning to the end. Listen to me. I said, how many people aren't doing that? Since you're talking about it so much, <sighs> I have to assume that it's not being done. That's why you keep stressing it. Now, maybe you don't know. Say, you know what? I just have the impression so, not everybody's doing it. I don't know what I, other people Yeah, I get, well, I'll agree with you. I think that not everybody's doing it. I, I can't put an exact number on, on how many are doing it versus not, so I don't want to paint a broad brush and say that because that's not fair. Okay, I'm moving uh, on. I'm moving on. I, I don't think everybody is. I'm moving on. I don't think everybody is. I'm moving on. I'm moving on. Move on. Move like, on. Go ahead. Yeah, yeah, okay. You talk a little too much about stuff, okay? I want to cut you short so we can get to the meat of some issues. You love Go conferences. Ahead, man. You love conferences. You said, I found some new sourcing technology tools that helped me hone, hone in on some key hires as a result of the Innovation Lab at SourceCon. What new tool helped you actually go home and do a better job? Well, I have to give a shout-out to HireTool, so... 
Um, Nintron and his team and, and, and your sponsor are doing a tremendous job. They have an amazing tool. And I definitely, I love it. I tr I'm trying to use it myself when I can. Uh, I think that's a fabulous tool. Um, other tools that are out there are, you know, Profit. I love Profit. I think it's a great tool. Um, and, and it may be something that I still use LinkedIn and, and find it to be useful from time to time. That's I think not it's a little you costly. I'm glad you, I'm glad but, you gave a, a, a shout out to my sponsor, but I said, I said you went to this SourceCon and you think it's fantastic. And I'm wondering what yeah. you learned at SourceCon that you couldn't learn just by reading articles online. <laughs> well, first of all, you learn some best yeah. practices of, of, of sourcing and, and you learn new uh, tricks that, that help you find folks that you wouldn't otherwise find. Um, the purple squirrel, as we call it. So that you, you learn uh, a lot of new tools. SourceCon is a wonderful opportunity to go and, yeah, Mike, and, Mike, and meet with Mike, and, and share ideas with others as don't well. Don't make me look bad. First thing, when I start talking, you stop talking. That's what I'm trying to you teach got it, you, sir. okay? Okay? Yeah. You got you, it. You go to SourceCon. You're finding out about the tools in SourceCon. I'm just saying, can't you find you, – I know you, it sounds like maybe you just like being with the other recruiters in person, but is there any information no. that – well, that, that's, that's okay. Not all that you, you learn some. But, you learn some good tricks, and you learn some new tools and ways of, of approaching yeah. your sourcing. Are you that's, learning that's things you learn. at a conference that you can't learn just by reading online? You know what? I, honestly, I think you could learn those same things online. You know, I'm not going to lie. I think you could, uh, but. You know, when you're there with others and you're actually sharing knowledge between each other and it's in a, in a oh. setting where, you know, maybe you have a hot topic. One t sometimes they have what they call roundtables. So you go and you sit yep. and you talk with other recruiters and you, you brainstorm about a certain issue. Yep. And, and they have certain topics that they cover there. That's a yep. good thing. And, and you, you bounce ideas off each other. That's what it's all about. You know, so sometimes that uh, it's an incubation of thought that takes place. So that that's very helpful, and I find that useful. But even even online, you can find that too. Okay. Anyway, I was reading today about a, a company called Think X. They got a lot of publicity. Uh, they were making these special underwear for women on their menstrual cycle, and so they were very frank about it. And uh, they had these uh, pictures on the buses in New York. It was a, quite a sensation. And then it, uh, the CEO. Uh, a nice-looking young woman herself. She uh, was charged with uh, sexual harassment by uh, another woman in her office, who said she, you know, uh, kept telling her how much she liked her breasts and she touched them whenever she felt like it, and in front of everybody. Anyway, I'm not making this up. This is for real. Think X. You can just put it. There's a lot of articles about it. It once there was a lot of press about a company like that. Do you think you could re recruit for that firm, or would that be fatal? Ooh, <laughs> I don't know how to answer that question. Um, okay, I'll, I'll pass on <laughs> if you don't. Just say I have no answer. I don't, I don't think I could, honestly. <laughs> so, okay. I don't know. I couldn't. <laughs> what if she stepped down? But she did step down in the end. She's accused of all kinds of things. What if she stepped down? Would you, would you not feel that you could go into people and say, hi, I'm recruiting for a company that uh, – you know, it's got a lot of bad press, but things are changing there now. Wouldn't that be a good basis, a nice solid basis for presenting a company? 
Uh, that's a that's a an employment branding nightmare, to be honest. I mean, just the fact uh-huh. that they have that going on is is a PR nightmare. So I wouldn't I wouldn't touch that with a ten foot pole. <laughs> <laughs> okay. You ever recruit on? You ever recruit on Twitter? Recruit on Twitter. What's that? Do you use Twitter for recruiting? Every now and then, uh, the way I use Twitter is I actually, you know, I have my own followers, so. I'll send out articles periodically about different topics that are uh, job seeker related that I think might interest them. And, yeah. and same for, um, for LinkedIn. And I find that actually, you know, it's interesting. Sometimes people respond to it and say, you know, they'll send me a note and say, Hey, I liked what you shared. Um, I would love to talk to you more about, about a role. And so that's usually how that typically will help me. But every now and then I'll shoot out or I may do a Twitter uh, post for my jobs and whatnot. Okay, but you know, Matt Charney, he says that pipelines are about as, you know, those emails that go out on your talent pipeline, they're about as uh, popular as emails from Nigerian princes trying to make you a lot of money, okay? Uh, but you seem to yeah. think that these talent communities or pipelines are worthwhile. E- e- they are. Um, they can be. It. It depends on how they're managed. Um, if you have a good uh, recruiting branding organization that's you know sending out relevant items to, you know you don't want to spam them obviously, but but you have to have right a when it's, if they're you spamming, it's going to be that way. The Nigerian situation. <laughs> you you have an email pipeline of your own, yes or no? I'm not clear. I do. Yes. And so do you, when, do you have people who you send out the email or you send out uh, like a bulk email to your, your crew uh, and you get replies back, yes, I'm interested? I do. Uh-huh. Okay, so then it's worthwhile. And the information you send out, it's job hunting information and career information, or is it information about your company? Uh, a mix of both. Uh-huh. Okay, because you talk up. Paul de Batignes. He's been on the show many times. I, I like to call him Paul de Batignes, but it's Batines, I think it is, if I remember correctly. And uh, you said he's so smart because he goes out and meets people personally. Uh, he talks to all of the uh, professional, relevant professional associations in, in Minneapolis, and he gets himself on local TV all the time. And all recruiters should be making a point there of sort of making themselves career gurus and putting themselves physically in front of potential candidates. Do you believe that? I do. Absolutely. 100%. You do? You do it yourself? I try to do as much of that as I can. Yes. I try to get out okay. and um in my local community, you know, in Utah, I try to go to professional associations as I'm able and um try to get out in front of of relevant candidate pools where where I can. Yeah. And does it lead to good candidates? It does. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, because these outreaches uh, through email lists and going to speak to uh, people in meetings uh, or even posting on LinkedIn, you have to wonder if it's the loser candidates, the people who can't find jobs on their own. They're coming to you just uh, to uh, you know, attach themselves to you as a desperate uh, last measure. You're saying that's not what happens. You get quality people responding to the social media and uh, actual uh, uh, on-site. You get a mix of both. 
I mean, you're going to uh-huh. get a mix of both, but you still have to try to treat even the ones who may not be a necessarily a fit for your company with the dignity they deserve because they could be what a is, client. What does that someday. mean? Because they, they can leech a lot of your time. What do you do? Well, you got to be polite to them. I mean, if, if you can, you know, sometimes it may just be the smallest of things. It may just, I know it may sound funny, but if you take some time just to have a, a quick conversation and, and give them some feedback about how they might conduct their job search or give them a quick resource, um, you know, just job hunting links on a couple of articles yeah, or whatnot. Yeah, Even that is, in my experience, there's no way of getting relevant. rid of those people quickly. Now, maybe in your case, you're always sending out a bunch of uh, uh, job hunting articles. So you can just, you know, you've got your faves and here's my little kit of how to proceed. Yeah, you exactly. Know, you this, have a, you have a set pre a preset tool that you can send them that that may help them along their way and and usually that that ends the conversation if they're not a fit for you you just really yeah. genuinely uh-huh. try to help them not necessarily my I, I'm going to say no not necessarily but I'm going to do an ad before we move on hey everybody okay. you know Martin Snyder, <laughs> okay, Martin Snyder I mentioned him a few minutes ago Martin is the boss over at PC Recruiter and he tells me that when you buy recruiting software. Your focus should not be on the ATS or the CRM platform alone. No, 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 no. You have to be concerned about your ATS vendors' partners and you know the quality of the work they do, right? And PC Recruiter is proud, proud, proud of its partners. It loves to put them on display. Whenever it goes somewhere to some conference or convention, it has these people at their booth, and I'm going to name some of them for you. There's Hireable, there's Text Kernel, there's Broad Bean, Logic Melon, that's my favorite, and Ring Central. I like that name too. So you go to PCRecruiter.net. You can read all about them there, and you can also go to YouTube because on YouTube, PC Recruiter has these bite-sized two-minute Tuesdays. Lots of little videos. And you can actually see how PC Recruiter works. It doesn't have to be a mystery. You don't have to say recruiting animals talking about PC Recruiter all the time, and he doesn't tell me anything concrete. Well, I am telling you, go to YouTube and you can find out for yourself. Is that enough? I just had my guest say when people ask him how they can find a job, he tells them what to do. He doesn't want them to keep coming back and bugging him. So I'm telling the same thing to you. Go over there, (laughs) YouTube, Two Minute Tuesdays. You'll find everything you want to know about PCRecruiter.net. Thank you. Okay, building trust. You know what? If I uh, you talk a lot about building trust, you know, (laughs) all I've heard so far about building trust is that you look up the guy's blog posting about what he likes to barbecue. And talk about, and you come in with your first line. Hey, you know what? I like uh, I like um, the Weber barbecue <laughs> as well. And you know what? I happen to be a headhunter, a recruiter, and I'm working on this job. And I I think maybe it might be of interest to you. Uh, you know, to me, I have to tell you, they can see through your initial statement of personal interest, and they know that you don't mean it. <laughs> they, they know. They just they know it's a come on. Now maybe that's not an issue. But I always wonder about that. If the blog posting or whatever you're referring to is something from their own uh, technical profession, 
I think it's more relevant. Although that's I, right. I, I'm turning that's what I'm talking I'm about. Yeah. You try to keep that relevant as much as you can. <laughs> yeah, but I, I kind of like the out out there kind of approaches as well. The the you know the Cheetos and corn dogs and stuff like that. Do you read co- cover letters, Mike? I do. Um, you know, it, they're interesting. Sometimes if if one of the things I've noticed about cover letters, I sometimes they're just you know they may be full of fluff on occasion, but every now and then you get one that's really killer and you, you're like, wow, that's interesting. You know, they actually took time to do research on several points about your company and they, they really took the time to to really do their homework. Give me an example, please. Give me an example. So for instance, you know, they, I had one that was really solid. He, um, he went and he went to our website and he actually went through step-by-step some of the history of our company and what had impressed him about some of the developments about what we'd been doing in the industry. And he'd went line by line and, and quoted some of the things about some of our accolades and some of the other things. So I thought, wow, this is a guy who actually took the time to do the research. And, I, and that's the same thing, same approach that I'm trying to do when I'm, I'm reaching out to. I, I mean, you're trying to find the, the one thing that may open up the dialogue. And that's, you have to tailor that. That's really... Not every you know what? If I way. see some guy, if I see some guy quoting the company's history to me, uh, I, that's like absolutely no proof, <laughs> no proof that they can do the job or about their, you know, uh, viability. Maybe so, but at least they took the time to do the research and they so actually what? delved in. I mean, seriously, it's so, sometimes. Come it's, on. You know, yeah, yeah. Hi, Jerry. You, know. you want to say something? No. Just come on, Jerry. Tell me. Tell me what's up. No, I was on. That's all I wanted okay, to know. I've got another question for Mike. Mike, do you try to mirror people? You know, you talked a lot about Dale Carnegie and stuff like that. If you look for, you know, how this person communicates and try to feed back the same style to them? It, it really depends, honestly. I mean, you have to – it has to be genuine. It has to come from something that's going to really connect with that person, and that, to me, is the most important thing. It. It can't be canned. <laughs> you know, it can't That's be canned. No. Uh, you know what? Let me decipher it. That's a no. I don't mirror people. I just give them me, and they, they can take it or leave it. Uh, you know what? I, I, I'm kind of I, – I am who I am, man. I, I'm not – I'm not a – I'm not – you know, I just – I am Jerry, who I am. You know, Jerry, he said who he is. He's a guy who eats potato chips on the show and likes to crinkle the package into the – into the microphone on his phone. So uh, that was an accident. Yeah, that actually makes okay. me laugh. I love that. Like the person yeah. earlier who was rubbing their fork across their plate. Yeah. That was that Jerry. Uh, Maybe. I had a paper plate and a sandwich. Oh, okay. Okay. Uh, what yeah. about uh, what about this? Should should a recruiter be tenacious? Yes, they should be. Um, and and when I say tenacious, you know. I'm talking about really being um, – you just have to have persistence in your, your, your efforts to fill your, your role, and that, that's, what that, that's what that means. Okay, but not because, like what, – what about what, when you say, I think uh, you got the guy on the phone or the woman, and you say, I think this might be of interest to you, and they say, uh, Mike, no, it's of no interest to me. Should you be tenacious and say – Yes, I think it should be of interest to you, and I'm going to tell no, you why. No, because then you start crossing the line of being pushy at that point. <laughs> so, so and you don't, don't want to be pushy. <laughs> you don't believe you don't believe that the sale begins 
when the customer says no. You don't believe that being persuasive is a part of the recruiting uh, function. Am I right about well, that? Well, it depends. I mean, sometimes if someone you know is – Get that out of your vocabulary. It depends. <laughs> I don't like hearing that. That's what you say at every – I want a straight answer. It depends. Okay, so I think that there are times that it's called upon that you do need to be tenacious, that you do – I mean, especially if this person's a fit, but you have to be careful that you're not crossing over the line of being, uh, you know, overkill, right? I mean, you, you have to be extra careful. So – you know, if if that person says no, then it may not be no right now, or it may be no right now, but may not be in the future. Does that make sense? So it may we be call, a timing we issue call for them. In two weeks for the same job, say, hey, hey, Bill, I know we spoke a couple of weeks ago. I just thought maybe, maybe you know. You go ahead. It, it might be. I might. I might uh, tailor my approach to to see. I have a. Sometimes I have a spreadsheet when I'll know when I contacted certain people from my CRM and, and when, when it comes to that point, you know, you, you know, when you contacted them last. So you try to, I try to wait at least a month. I think a month is a good reasonable timeline to check back in. Okay. And what about, and I'd ask them, I'd say actually at the end, before I close that call, I say, well, you may not be interested right now, but would you be okay if I, if I checked back in with you to see where you're at and maybe say a month or so. What if they say no? Yeah, that way, they, that way they know. That way they know when your timeline is. And then that way, you know, you set the, the expectation with them when you might no, be following no, up no, again. No, no. You're giving them the opportunity to say no. That's not good. Okay? And here, here's another oh, one. You, you, might, you might open the door and they, you know, say, hey, you, it, it sounds like you're not looking right now. It's not the right timing for whatever reason. Can I ask you what your purpose is, why you might not be interested right now? And you just ask them that point blank, and you just you ask for that clarification. And and if if they give you a good answer, you say, well, would you be open if I followed up with you in say a month or two? Would that be okay with you? And when and when, then you, they, when when do you ask them if you could put them on your mailing list? <laughs> well, I mean, <laughs> it it depends on if you know they're they're open to that idea. I. I would usually ask them if, if they would be open to a phone call. I much prefer to have a phone call with them. Well, how do you, how do you build your pipeline, your email list, if you don't ask them? I mean, if you can ask them towards the end of the call if they'd be open to, to getting information about your company. And if they are and they say, yeah, sure, that's fine, um, then you can do that. But you want to get okay. their permission first, I think. Okay, but here, here's another example before the show's over. You've got a candidate. Got I don't know if ever, Thank you, Jerry. You can just leave. Uh, you know what? We had all two that commotion. glorious you know, minutes left. Yeah, we had all that commotion with uh, Kathy and, and Alan uh, running this guy over the rails right at the beginning. I missed that. There was a ton of hang-ups at that time. Okay, so I, I was I, one I, of them. I had a business call. Yeah, okay. So uh, now uh, uh, things have calmed down. Mike is okay. actually giving – and I've tamed, I've tamed Mike a little. He's giving us uh, somewhat straight answers to, to my questions and not yep. cutting me off. So I might go over time, <laughs> just a few minutes. Is that okay, Mike, if we just go over a few I'm minutes? I'm fine. Go ahead. Okay. No, and, so, and you actually taught me a lot today. I mean, just a few things to think about. I, it was a good dialogue. Ass. I actually don't enjoyed it. Don't kiss my ass, okay? But you have improved. <laughs> I enjoyed it. Emily, I did. It was good. Good. Yeah. Okay. Thanks for helping don't, me stay, you know, stay on target. I appreciate it. Don't put me on your mailing list, okay? Now, look. You've got, <laughs> you've got a candidate with two offers. 
Do you ever have have you ever had that? Oh yeah. Okay. So are you when well, we're talking about persuasion and being tenacious, are you gonna try to talk the person out of the other company? It yes, I will actually, because there may be a time where you know, you, you have to come to the table with and find out exactly what carrot is going to make that person um, want to go with you. And I'll give you an example. Just yesterday, actually, this happened. I had a candidate with two offers, and um, I was explaining to her, I said, look, we're going to try to get you the offer as quickly as we can. We're going to try to go to the mark that you wanted. Um, and, is you know, we understand you got another offer here. What is that offer? And she gave me the number, and I said, okay, if – if we get you to this number and we do these these specific things, will that will that be enough for you to take our offer? And she said yes, and so we did, and she accepted. So I think there's times where you have to kind of get the the answers as to what's going to close that candidate and what matters to them, and you also talk to them about the big picture of of how that will help them develop in their career okay, and what but that's going to look say, like in the future. You don't, draw, don't you draw up uh, two columns, one the other company and one my company, and show them a checklist of how you're better than the other guys? Do you actually do that? Go head-on-head, head, this company versus that company? Uh, you know, I think it's, it's, it's ethical to um, make sure that you, you tout the accomplishments of your particular company and what uh, – what a career means and give them the big picture of how their career can develop with you. Um, I don't, I try not to knock another company. I just, I don't know. I don't always feel good about that. We're knocking a company. We're just saying in this case, this one's better. Okay. A few quickies and then we're going to quit. Instagram. Do you use it for recruiting? Yes or no? I I actually don't. (laughs) So maybe maybe I should do more of that. I've never thought of it before. What's that? Use WhatsApp for recruiting? I do not. Snapchat. I read about Snapchat in one of your articles about SourceCon. Do you use Snapchat for recruiting? Snapchat, um, every now and then I can jump on it and, and possibly use it for certain things, but it's more, for me, I use it more to find information about certain things that I'm looking for to maybe uh, have an approach and, and relating to the candidate if needed. Okay. Texting. You use texting. I do use texting. Um, the first contact or when? Just for the admin admin stuff, arranging interviews. Yeah, usually for the admin stuff, but first contact. Um, I usually try to. Usually candidates will opt in for that. So. Okay. And what about an online scheduler? Sorry, I just want to go through these tools. Do you do you use an online schedule scheduler like Calendly or? Uh, schedule one. I do actually. I try to use Calendly a little bit. It, it actually helps me on my day to day. I find that it, it cuts down on some of the the timing when I'm trying to book a candidate for uh, certain interviews and whatnot. Okay, so you send out in your email, you send a link, and they book themselves in, right? That's right. Yep. Final question: Electronic signatures. Do you use them for them or against them? I do have my own electronic signature, and I do use them, yes. Okay. Anything you want to say before we go? This is a wild ride, but it was a lot of fun, and thank you for having me. I hope you better admit, uh, the callers were way more rough than me today. I'm not the roughest. (laughs) I hope I answered their questions. I was trying to do my best to do that. (laughs) I don't know. I didn't even know what we were talking about. Something about intake sessions. But thank you, Alan Fleur. 
Kathy Manis, who always complains that I minimize her. Jerry, the sandwich man. Maureen, who's doing a lot of typing. Talent Talks. Graham, everybody on Twitter. And that's it. Thank you! Hey. Ah!